You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 160. When somebody engages with us for the first time, my belief is what they're truly buying is borrowed belief. They're borrowing our belief that we can produce and give them the results that they're wanting. Up until they actually start experiencing those differences and benefits that we have promised, it starts to transfer over to them. So let's give them the win. Let's give them that little bit of success as quickly as possible so that that transfer, now they can go to a bigger and more engaged change if they are choosing to. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show where every single week we explore different strategies, tools, and resources for our professional coaching businesses. However, if you're not a coach, welcome, because we also bring every single week things that you can think about in the way that you approach the world, approach relationships, and the way that you show up in your daily life. And that's never more true than in today's show, when we look at three things that we can all do to increase our success. Our guest today is Gary Barnes, the Breakthrough Business Mastery Coach. He is a high-performance business and sales strategist. He's also a very popular national and international speaker and an author of nine books. Gary's clients span seven countries, and he has been interviewed and published and brought his special brand of awesomeness to many different outlets, including NBC, Fox, PBS, ABC, CBS, and he's done a TEDx talk. Gary is the founder of Gary Barnes International and has created several companies over the years, personally selling over $280 million in products and services. So through his life lessons, he's coming to us today to talk about how we can be seen, be safe, be relevant, and therefore be successful. Now, I had the pleasure of spending time with Gary and could really feel his love of adventure. He has completed a world-class 40-foot firewalk. He's flown a World War II P-51 fighter. He's flown on a trapeze, driven in a destruction derby with his car, the Purple Passion. And he's completed a 75-foot bungee jump. Also, he's gone to the police academy. He's a drummer. He's climbed a mountain. I mean, the guy is full of adventure, and he shares those experiences with us today. It was a lot of fun to spend time with Gary, and I'm happy to share the experience with you. So let's go to our interview with Gary Barnes.
Gary, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thanks for spending time with me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, absolutely. We had a wonderful talk last week to prepare for the interview. You're so much fun to spend time with. I know the audience is going to walk away with nuggets of gold that they can contemplate and think about. With all your plethora of things that we could talk about, we decided to land on three things that we can all do to build our success. Many people in the audience are in their are business owners, but not necessarily everybody. Yet we all want to be successful. So whether you're an internal coach or a coach in your own business, or maybe you're listening to this and there's something else that you do and you're thinking about what you want to do next, Gary is your man. So Gary, let's talk about First of all, what sort of led you to determining what these three elements of success are? You know, the first word that came into my mind as you asked that, and we haven't pre-programmed these. No, not at all. We decided we would just have a conversation. Yes. But, you know, the first word that showed up in my mind was pain. You know, it's doing it. I've been doing this for a while, and that's something that we've all heard when you're dealing with anybody in any product or service, but particularly as a coach, you want to deal with someone that has been there, done it, and is still doing it. And it's been out of the, the really the trial and error and figuring out that for the most part, people are looking for that widget, that magic bullet that does not exist. And when I really looked at it, we were making it more complicated than it really is. And as I say it, it is simple, but not easy. Right. And so many things are simple, and yet they're going to take dedication and focus and commitment to have happen. So we've got this this simple but not easy approach that we're going to look at today. In your experience with these three elements that if everybody applies, they can lead to more success, what would you say is that first step? You know, it's the one that probably scares us the most, and that is to be seen. You know, that old adage, build it and they will come. We know that's a lie, but we still want that to happen. And we are the best kept secrets many times. And one of the things that when we really grasp the concept that what we have to offer is really needed and desired by our perfect clientele, that we're actually hurting them by not showing up. We we hide and we think somehow organically the universe or whatever you want to call it is going to bless us. And it really isn't that way. We've got to go out and do the things that showcase who we are. And I talked about, you know, really becoming that celebrity. And we talked about this. And it really is. Each of us are a celebrity. But we resist it because we don't want to be that Britney Spears or Charlie Sheen or the tabloids. But here's my definition. Celebrity is how I am different from, not better than. And that takes the ego out of it. But if we're not different from, we're lumped into the herd, nobody sees us as being relevant. Right. So we all have a differentiator. What is it that makes us shine in a different way, attract the kind of people that want to work with us? Because that's the other thing. If, If we're coming from a place of abundance rather than scarcity, we know that if we get clear about our own differentiator, then the people that are attracted to that, and there are bazillions of people, the people that are attracted to that want clarity from us. They want to understand what is our uniqueness and what does working with us, you know, create, what does that create for them? So I love that. 
I love the different ways that you're seen. Can you share a couple stories about what you've done to be seen against all odds? Oh, absolutely. And it's the things, again, that most people are very timid about. Being on stage, writing a book, the best thing that anybody can do is write a book. And everybody's resistant to it. What do I have to say? Well, who would want to read it? And I actually feel the same way. But the book, when I first wrote the first book, and I hate writing, and I have nine of them now. You have nine books, and you hate writing. I hate writing because it's a necessary part of being in business. Uh, You become that instant celebrity. For some reason in society, when you have a book, you're now safe in the media. And as soon as I did the first book, PBS called and wanted me to do that. And then TEDx called me to do that story. I never applied. I get many speaking engagements from writing the book and speaking. I mean, having that opportunity to do like what we're doing here and just having a conversation. We're not selling, we're sharing. We're opening up great stuff to people to say, oh golly, you know, there was a commercial years ago called, I could have had a V8. Wow, I could have had a V8, yeah. yeah. You know, and so isn't that what we're doing? We're making people aware of a possible connection. If they see that whatever the pain point they have, if we have that possible connection to solve that pain point, they're going to come towards us. We no longer have to chase people like most people have been taught. I, you know, we don't like doing it. People don't like it being done to them. So I don't like I being chased. Can, yeah, it doesn't no, feel good. No, we're, that, that means we're stalkers. So why would we want to do that? But, you know, doing the Facebook Lives, giving, now here's the real key, I think, is giving out what you and I talked about right before we started the show today is to give away our good stuff. Really, it's not to do the fluff and the 30,000 foot view. It's really giving those things that are so great that people just say, if you're giving this great stuff away, what else do you have to give me? What could I gain by working with you? Yeah. Yeah. And, And really the answer to that is the application. Because we can give all the great stuff, but how many people will actually know how to apply it? Right. So it's not a bait and switch because some people are doing yourself selfers and they'll figure it out on their own. Right, right. And there are going to be those people who can take the free content and apply it and be successful. And that's awesome. And then there's other people who are going to need that the extra detail, the deep dive, the accountability, the partnership in, in the path. Yeah. And isn't that our responsibility? That's what it really comes down to. Why are we doing what we're doing? And I'm not saying don't ask for the business. Don't ask for that right client if they're ready to engage, not to engage them. But so much of the time, we're putting a square peg in a round hole. We're making it fit just because we think we have to have this volume and it takes longer to do it in a more of a relational side of it. And it really doesn't. Right. So the other thing I want you to share, because we had such a fun conversation about this, is that you say yes to everything. And I think that that's huge about being seen. So there are some things that you have gone above and beyond to be sure that you can do. And I know that you talked about your TEDx talk and that you were already otherwise engaged, but you went ahead and did your TEDx talk. The other thing that stands out for me is how far you drove to be on PBS. So share your stories a little bit. You know, one of the things that all of us get, the more we're seen, the more people know that we're available and we have good content, good connection for their people. We'll get opportunities given to us every single day. 
And we normally look at it as yes, no, right, wrong. And what I would like to suggest to everyone is to create a different question. And that is, does this opportunity take me towards or away from my ultimate vision? Now, you that, you know, dictates that you need to know what your ultimate vision is. But as these, I call it the power of yes. And the first thing I do is I look at my calendar and say, is it available? And I truly believe there are no accidents. And just like with PBS, it was in the middle of one of my three-day events. And I figured out how to make it work because there was an opportunity that was not going to come again. Mm -hmm. And as it turned out, it really was. I wouldn't have had that same experience and the same credibility out of it if I had waited. And so having these opportunities, if we don't say yes to them, if it fits, then it's just going to be passed on to someone else. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we get these opportunities, we feel, do we deserve it? Am I good enough? Am I good? You know, am I ready? And the reality is, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll figure it out. When I went to PBS, yeah, it was seven and a half, eight hours drive. And I did the first one. It was a conversation like this. She loved it. Five years later, she saw the, that ninth book had come out. And I was invited back last year to do it again. How many people get invited back? You know, yeah. and... and you know, it's just those opportunities are there for everyone. And you don't know who's listening. You don't know who's sitting beside you on an airplane. You don't know the serendipity moments that happen. Right. And sometimes you're planting a seed that you'll never know what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, that is also part of the paradigm that I live within. This is my purpose. And when we do that, we, we really have a, a magnetism where people will want to know. They're curious. They go, you're weird. <laughs> I know that. You That's know, part of my charm. Yeah. I mean, when we connected, it was very easy to connect. Right. There was no bantering. There was no positioning. There was no, and when you know it's right, it's right. And so follow the intuition that you have. I've said yes to some opportunities. I go, why in the world am I here? This is really weird. And some, I don't know. There was, it's just a piece of the puzzle. Right. Okay. So all of that leads into being seen. So I'm going to encourage those of you who are listening to think about how can you be seen? And it's it's not be seen, how, how much am I going to be paid to be seen? This is take the opportunities as they're given, make the opportunities for yourself, volunteer to do lunch and learns and, and, speaking at different organizations and writing articles and somehow getting your knowledge and and that which makes you unique out there in front of people. The people that are drawn to that will be drawn to that, but they don't know it's there if you don't, if you keep it under a bushel basket. Correct. Okay. So then our second step is be safe. What's that all about? You know, I get challenged about this, and I don't know really anybody else that is teaching this specifically. And what I mean by that is no agenda. I mean, we've all had experiences where we've come into a connection with somebody and we know we're being sold. You know there's a hook in it somewhere that you just have this. And even if they're not using the words, you just get that feeling. But when you go into with any in or any connection, like for us today, I have no agenda besides helping you in giving great content to your audience. That's it. Mm-hmm. If anything comes out of that, that's additional, it's a bonus. But there is no hook, literally no hook. And so you become safe. And when you become safe, it's really amazing how people will open up to you. The key to being safe is what I call active listening. 
listen for where people are. People are not heard. People, when they really understand that you want to know them, their story, they will give you, it'll become TMI. They will give you information you do not even want. You really didn't want to hear that, yeah. And, and, and I've had people in my office, they'll say, I don't know why I'm saying this, and they keep on talking. <laughs> you can stop anytime. Yeah. I don't know why you're saying it either, but yeah. But when you have that safe environment, mm-hmm. I actually even had an auditor from the state of Colorado for unemployment insurance or something come in. And during the audit, he goes, I've told you more about my story and where I've come from. I don't know. I go, it's a safe place. He goes, yes, it is. And, and so, you know, he, he was doing his thing and it's an audit. You know, I'm going, well, what are we finds he finds? It came out okay. I owed a dollar twenty-two. You know, and they sent me a bill. But the thing is, is that I am so curious about who that person is and what their story is and what their dreams are. What It, it becomes fascinating to me, and I build connections so rapidly because they're willing to come towards me, mm-hmm. not me chase them. And so when we have that safety element in it, you'll have those genuine connections that you don't have to, again, manipulate in order to see if you can get them to do something. And when everybody is giving 100%, you know, I've been married quite a while, 45 years. And when I got married, the the whole adage was you give 50% and your spouse gives 50% and you become 100. It's wrong. You each have to give 100% and be totally independent and totally secure in yourself to have a secure marriage. Mm -hmm. And isn't this what we do in our businesses with our clients? It's a sort of a marriage. We're Absolutely. trusting each other. We're sharing. We're we're being vulnerable. And so when we come with no agenda, then it becomes something of a a a true it's that organic connection, which is so fun. People stay with you. Absolutely. So when you say that, all these coaching principles came up for me in that, you know. With our clients, we create trust and intimacy. We we make it a safe environment for them. And we enter every coaching conversation without an agenda. So I think that for those of you listening, you know, you're thinking, well, that's what we do as coaches. Well, that's also what you can do in networking events. Don't make it all about you. Make it about learning about the other person in speaking engagements and different if if your motive is to create a safe environment for whoever you're interacting with then that is going to come back to you tenfold and even if it's not necessarily monetarily come back to you in tenfold it's going to come back in rewards many different ways because we have so many different ways that relationships can reward us well and if everyone can really think that listening and translated into questions. Instead of telling people things, let's ask, and my whole style is Socratic. It's about asking the questions for individuals to come up with their answers, not my answers. And so when we do that in a networking event, whatever it is, they're going to give you what to say. You don't have to memorize anything. Exactly. And that's what makes it so cool because then you can be authentic. And we talk about being authentic but I, I don't think you can craft authenticity. You know, either you are or you aren't. Right. And, and just come up and show you, yourself. I had a client yesterday that she's young, and she didn't want to put her picture on her car because she thought people would judge her because she's young. I go, well, they're going to judge you when they see you <laughs> when you show up. So why not eliminate those people that are going to judge you right up front? Let's just show up. We don't have to be perfect speakers. 
people don't like to be, they say, I'm not a good speaker. You know, well, you don't, don't be, just be you. People don't want this perfect person anymore on stage or that perfect person that just shows up at a networking event. They want somebody they can relate to. Be the same everywhere you are. Just be authentic. People are attracted to true and genuine and not plastic. Excellent. So we want to be seen. We want to be safe. And we want to be relevant. Let's talk about what that looks like. You know, relevant is one of those really, really tricky things. Because many times we have a product or service and we look around the neighborhood and say, people really need this. Well, that's the first part of the equation. The second part is, do they desire it? Have you caught up or have they caught up with you to be able to access it? And one of the examples I've used over the years is the pet rock. You know, back in the 70s, people were buying these For those of you who were alive then, yes. And for those of you, look in the books. Yeah, that's right. Look up up pet rock, yes. You could Google anything, but it was literally a rock that you could find in the street, in the garden, in the side of the road, and somebody painted a face on it, put it in a box, and sold it. And the thing is, is that it, you think, why would somebody do that? But in that era, people were starting to disengage. They wanted that connection. They wanted that that element that did not require anything of them, that could listen, that could, you know, and, and that's when technology really was starting to take off. And we thought the things on Star Trek were way off in the future. And all of a sudden we had a flip phone and then we had a smartphone and we have computer, you know, it's all the stuff. And so what was it? Now today, a pet rock would not work. But you think about the different, you know, things that did transform Chia Pets. You know, you see them on TV. You know, who wants a Chia I guess they're selling them. You know, they're, they're back on the TV to advertise. The connection there is you know, what pain do you solve? And this, it goes back to all three things, that be seen, be safe, be relevant, is being very clear about the pain point that you really have a key connection to that people, when they see you, they say, and it also transitions from a dollar decision from engaging with you to a value decision. Tell me more about that. If we're competing about dollars and price, I mean, pricing and how to set our fees and products and all that has always been a, a big challenge. Mm-hmm. But let me give you an example. If I'm going to have a heart transplant, I don't care about how much the doctor costs. I want the best doctor to do it. When people go in and they have a headache, they go in and they look for the label that says extra strength. They don't even look at the price tag. And the reason that generics don't work as well is people somehow think that the name brands are going to work faster, even though it's exactly the same chemical, but they buy it because it has a a warm fuzzy to it. But as long as we compete and in our mind think it's a dollar decision, people will stay there and then they'll want to either change that up, they will challenge that. But when somebody sees the true value, they'll find the, the resources to engage. Now, the key here is to, even though we can't guarantee an end result, mm-hmm. we know the probability of it. Mm-hmm. And so when they engage with us, we have to produce and really know that we can lead them through whatever it is that they're dealing with. And so the, the, the old adage, proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. But in our minds, it's not about money anymore. It's about value. And if you are in a place that you're really wanting to solve and change, mm-hmm. change and application are two things that um, people really resist. We don't, we say we want to go somewhere. Now, here's my, my definition of coaching. 
Okay. Coaching, or we don't have a right as a coach to take someone to where they say they want to go faster than they're willing to go there. And so we're in their timing. We're in their, and I use dollars or that investment side of it to be a litmus test that they're willing to not only engage with me, but to apply what I have to give them. So they get the results that they're wanting. And if I do it too soon, if I'm out of timing on that, that goes back to the relevance. I can get blamed for them not receiving the results just because it's not me, it's not the application, it's that they didn't engage. And so being aware of that and being secure in what we all do mm-hmm. and the timing of that is what relevance is all about. Okay. So in focusing on the results, which happens to be the name of my business. So I smiled when you said that a focus on results. Yes. When we focus on the results and bring our relevance that way, what are some tips that you might have for how coaches will get clear about what their audience is really wanting and needing from them? You know, the the biggest tip, again, is listening. If we ask somebody to, let's say we're at a networking event, and one of the phrases that I use a lot is, tell me a little bit about you and your business. And through that conversation, they will give me keys, little tips or little nuances that I can come back with. Oh, you have, you know, your son is going to college next year. How's that going? Whatever that storyline is, Mm -hmm. or somebody will say, you know, business is really great. I go, fantastic. Could you, you know, give me maybe an idea of you had a goal at the beginning of the year. Is there anything that is going to preclude you from getting to that goal at the end of the year? Are you coming up to any kind of barriers? I have, I'd love to be a resource and to be able to connect you with other individuals or whatever. And that's the key too, is to be able to be willing to connect to other resources besides yourself. So you're not asking those questions just to convert that person. You're asking that question to genuinely want to be of assistance to them, to understand where their struggle points are. And if you're not the right person for them, to connect them with somebody who is. Yeah, even if it's a speaking engagement or a coaching client, I have referred them to other people because of their specific need. I know it's not in my core. Mm -hmm. Could I do it? Yeah, probably, but yeah, it's not in my core. So I I want those, you know, organically uh, sync clients Mm -hmm. because I'm going to have more fun. And if I'm not having fun, my clients are not having fun either. But really it's asking the questions, allowing those individuals to share what those pain points are. Within ourselves, we start hearing these uh, commonalities that will start Mm -hmm. coming up. What is it that you're facing? You know, and knowing that those are the pain points, like in my 30-second commercial, which is about 20 seconds, I talk about, I work with people that are, who do you know that is frustrated with the return on your investment of time, money, and energy? In other words, they're stuck. Those are the pain points that I really work with it. And then I specialize working with business owners, entrepreneurs, and business, uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. So I've identified my key people that I like to work right. with. Mm-hmm. All in 20 seconds. Right. And so when people hear that, they go, I, and I want them curious about what I do. Exactly. We, we, we have this tendency to tell people all of the things and, and I know they just want to know if we have the ability to take the pain away. Right. Get them unstuck. They don't care how we do it. We go to a doctor, we're, you know, we're bleeding or we have a, you know, a dislocated shoulder and the doc comes in and says, oh, I got this new equipment. No. Tell me to fix me, and then yes. you can tell me about the other. Right, exactly. And then when I'm curious enough, I'll ask you more. But hook me first. Yeah. Give me, get, let me know that you understand what's happening with me 
so that I can say, oh my gosh, Gary really does understand me. You know, and really the, the thing that when somebody engages with us for the first time, my belief is what they're truly buying is borrowed belief. Borrowing our belief that we can produce and give them the results that they're wanting. Up until they actually start experiencing those differences and benefits that we have promised, it starts to transfer over to them. So let's give them the win. Let's give them that little bit of success as quickly as possible so that that transfer, now they can go to a bigger and more engaged change if they are choosing to. But that borrow belief, so many people will promise a lot and not deliver. So let's do, go back to the baker's dozen, promise a lot and deliver more. Right. And Absolutely. when you do that, people will refer you. you it, be, it becomes a neat game. Uh, and a game where everybody wins. And, yeah. and that's special. Now, one of the things that you said that reminded me of a conversation that I've recently had, I was talking with the spouse of a coach who's a friend of mine, and he was looking for an executive coach. And he was talking about the experience that he had had in, he had chosen three or four coaches to interview. And he was blown away that each one of them wouldn't stop talking about themselves. They didn't ask about him and what he wanted to get out of the experience and why he was searching for a coach and what was, so each one of them, even though they he had chosen them because they were very well known and very good at what they do. He said, I'm not going to work with anybody who doesn't slow down and ask about me before they're all about themselves. And I think that that's a key. Anything that we do, if we can listen more than we can talk, we're going to be ahead in the game. There's many times that I'll ask somebody about themselves and they'll, they will forget to ask about me. I don't bring oh, yeah. it up. No, I don't, I don't bring it up either. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not the right timing. And that's not why I'm there in the first place. Right. But and yeah, that's how we can be relevant for them, that we have given them that time, that space, that interest, those questions that allow them to talk about things that maybe they really needed to be able to talk about. I'm asked many times, how can I, or how can I help someone? And my answer is, I don't know. I, you know, tell me your story. You tell me where you are. Tell me what are the things that you're struggling with. Tell me, you know, share with me. And, I, and it's like, really? <laughs> because it's, it's not about us. And we've heard that, but then we have this tendency to think that it's about the degrees and the certifications and all these other things that people buy into. And when they're dealing with you, they're buying you and that bar of belief. And so if they understand, again, that you really care about them, understand their story, understand their desires, their pains, their, you know, their disappointments, then it becomes something of, for them, literally does it fit. Mm-hmm. And when it does, they will come towards you. And exactly. most of the time, the money at that point does not matter. Right. Such good information. So we reviewed three elements of success. Be seen, be safe, be relevant. Gary, what have I left on the table, if anything, that you wanted to touch on as we close out our time together today? You know, the, the last part of that whole equation is, when somebody engages in these three things, I know they will be successful. What I don't know is what I call the gestation period. And that is from the time you plant the seed, make the connection to a outcome that has any relevance to you. And what I have found so many times is people will do it and they think it doesn't work. Like social media connections and 
They go, oh, nobody's watching, nobody's doing well. That's not true. You know, our job is to put it out there. Mm-hmm. And like when I speak in front of an audience, my prayer is always, let me touch one. Now, I get more, but let me touch one. So I always win quickly mm-hmm. and I like bonuses. But when we realize that there is no way to predict that outcome that we're really desiring for what we're doing. And it's really that massive action, putting a lot of things out there, not hatching one thing. Then we can stay in the game. And it's a marathon, not a sprint. Oh, so good. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. It's always a pleasure to spend time with you. And I know that the audience really benefited from your nuggets of wisdom. Well, Again, it was my pleasure, and you've got a special community, and you know I just love doing things with you. So congratulations to you on a, just being a phenomenal individual coach and you know making a difference in the world. Oh, thank you for that. So there you are, three specific things you can think about and be intentional about to increase your success. Gary has been working with people for decades. And if you want to know more about Gary and his offerings, go to starcoachshow.com. And in the show notes for episode 160, you'll see the links to Gary's website and ways to get a hold of Gary. I want to thank Gary Barnes again for joining us. And I invite all of you to come back next week when we have Dr. Jennifer Hunt on to talk about imposter syndrome, how it impacts us, and what we can do to get past it. If you're enjoying the show, I would so appreciate a rate and review at Apple Podcasts. Until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fabulous week.